This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Dave Perry, Global News Radio's crime and security analyst. Dave, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing great. How are you? Likewise, fine. Uh, so you know this initiative. I mean, you're familiar with policing and all the rest, uh, as is your background. So when you've got uh, an issue, as we've had spates of shootings in the city, uh, we're really replicating, I guess, the summer of the gun and even eclipsing last year's horrific numbers. Uh, how would you go about uh, implementing the most effective community-based policing if you had the resources? Well, if I had the resources, that'd only be part of the solution. There are a number of things at play here. and Number one is the, the human resources, the boots on the ground, as we call them in policing. And that's uh, a significant challenge these days. There are far less police officers today with all of these gun and gang issues than there were even 30 years ago. So that's, that's, a, that's a real challenge. You know, the budget is a real challenge, and it's good to see that the governments at various levels are stepping up and putting millions of dollars into combating this. But the real issue here is the lack of police powers. And here's the difference. Uh, Back years ago when I was faced with similar issues, let's say, uh, you know, a spate of violent carjackings or street robberies in a certain location, I was not only given the uh, human resources and the funds to run run a significant project, but we also in those days had the powers to actually do something with all of those resources, we could stop people, we could investigate people, we could do street checks, we were allowed to do carding. And all of that has been taken away from policing, and I am good to sometimes feel like the only person who's saying it publicly, that has dramatically impacted law enforcement, and has therefore dramatically impacted our cities in that gangs are taking over. They're operating with impunity. They carry their guns, they transport their drugs, knowing full well that even if they are stopped by the police, there's a high likelihood that the case will be tossed out because of the challenges to street investigation. So that's the, uh, that's the blunt truth about it. In 2013, there was almost 200,000 street checks in Toronto, and today there are none. So there are 200,000 less people being investigated on the streets and there were just a few short years ago. That's the reason we have the violent crime that we have today. You know, I asked the chief directly about that, whether it was a mistake to disband Tavis, uh, you know, which uh, really went after the guns and the gangs. And uh, he said, well, there were some problems with Tavis. Uh, He wasn't, uh, you know, equivocal because uh, in some cases, I think he probably supported many of the initiatives, but it became politically unpalatable and they disbanded that unit. You think that was a mistake? I think it was a huge mistake. And uh, what they're doing today with, you know, these projects and these initiatives, taking almost 50 police officers from the 17 major crime units throughout the city and putting them into guns and gangs is a great idea. Those are some of the best, most dedicated police officers that that we have out there. And here's the problem. They're going back out there with far less powers than they had uh, just a a couple of short years ago before street investigations and carding were, were banned. And therefore, they're not able to do their job. And you know what? The only thing I can compare to, and it might sound like a silly comparison, is if you went to the firefighters in Ontario and you said to them, we're having a lot of complaints that when you guys put out a fire, you're using way too much water, so we're going to restrict the size of the hoses you use. And, you know, we're going to drop them from a four-inch to a one-inch. Good luck, and uh, there's nothing you can do about it. What do you think people would be saying? And this is exactly the same thing. They have absolutely taken the powers away from the police, and not powers to abuse, not powers to do anything, but their duty to protect and their duty to maintain public safety. And it's not the officer's fault. It's not the chief's fault. 
They don't have the powers to do what they used to do. And these are the results. It's well documented. There are many people that spoke publicly about this when they disbanded street checks and carding. I was one of them. I'm fully documented and recording saying this is exactly what would happen. And everybody who's in policing knew this day was coming and knew it was coming soon. And you know, the the big question is, when are we going to review it? Is there an opportunity for a conversation? I've got a novel idea. Why don't we ask the police? But these these uh, decisions to do this were made because of a couple of special interest groups making noises and saying that people are being offended by street checks. There were lots of things that we could have done to educate the public and to mitigate some of the concerns about street checks and carting that probably would have gotten us some better results in terms of community satisfaction, but certainly public safety. And I always think that as, as uh, police agencies, our number one priority is to serve the public and make sure that we maintain public safety. But the police no longer have the powers to do that. And we're losing the war on guns and gangs and drug trafficking in our streets. Do you think the courts are too lenient? I always think the courts are too lenient, but that's kind of our job. I mean, we have an adversarial system in place where there's the justice system. There are those who defend the people that the police arrest, and the police are trying their best to keep them in custody, awaiting trial for violent crimes and for all kinds of other mandated reasons. And, you know, it's a it's a yin and a yang, and it goes back and forth. I can't stand the fact that people can be arrested with loaded guns and a car full of drugs and fully involved in the gang culture and are released within days and back out in the streets and handed another firearm for one of their fellow gang members, and they're, they, they've taken a, a quick bath and a day off uh, while they're in custody, and they're back out in the streets doing exactly the same. People are carrying guns in the gang culture for one reason and one reason only, and that's to kill people. And to me, that's the most serious crime that one could commit. It should be the priority of the entire justice system, including the courts, to adequately support public safety by keeping these people in custody until their trials. That's that's my true belief. In, in extraordinary circumstances, perhaps there are some reasons where some people could be let out. You know, and I'll give you another example. If somebody's carrying a, a firearm improperly while they're heading hunting and they get stopped, I don't expect somebody like that to stay in custody. I don't even expect them to be in custody. They should be charged with the appropriate criminal offense. Their weapons are seized. They go to court. But when you're involved with guns and violent crime and gangs and murders and shootings, there's only one answer for you if you get arrested in those, under those conditions, in my view, is that you should be held in custody until your trial. And if you're convicted, you should do the maximum sentence that the law can afford for that particular offense or those offenses. But we're, we've, lost, we've lost focus on all that. All of the initiatives that we've heard about the last few weeks, few months, all of the uh, community and social programs are absolutely important and uh, I have empathy for people who live in those communities are trapped in those in those gang controlled areas and those are the people we should be helping and one of the ways to help them is to enforce the laws to stop people that are suspected of being uh, involved in gang activity to stay on them and stay on them hard and enforce the laws and arrest them at every opportunity you can I agree with the chief you cannot arrest your way out of this problem but an arrest or arresting gang members is a huge component. All of the other things will have to come into play as well, but arrest enforcement and stopping the violent crime is the, is the number one priority as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you're seemingly echoing the sentiments of the chief, uh, both on this program last hour as well as uh, late uh, last Friday. And finally, you know, I mean, but uh, you've got the uh, political class too, the mayor. I mean, he's on the police services board. You would think that maybe he'd be, uh, it'd be in his interest and the community's interest to empower the police. You would think it would, and I like the mayor of Toronto. I have a lot of respect for him. I think he's done a great job. 
The only time I was truly disappointed in, in the mayor of Toronto was when he made his knee-jerk decision one moment saying we will not be disbanding or or uh, stopping carding and street investigations and overnight to a press conference where he said he didn't have time to fully review and he's decided that he's going to do it. And to me, that was a political and a knee-jerk response to some pressures uh, from some special interest groups and people, you know, making claims that, in my view, weren't proven, that the police were, you know, stopping, a, you know, a majority of, of people of color and things like that. And, and if that's true, we should have done some study and some research on, on why that was happening and if, in fact, it was racially motivated and if it wasn't, what was it? And, you know, this is something that should have been fully studied. And the impact of stopping it was never ever brought up in a question. So back to the firefighters, take away their big hoses for putting out a major fire and give them garden hoses, what do you think they would say or do? And it's the same thing in policing. And it's not, it's not the, the will of police officers to have extraordinary powers over people and to have a police state. It's about protecting the public and keeping the public safe from gangsters who are, as we all know, shooting up. My God, this month, it's the 14th of August, and we're already at 33 or 34 shootings in August, which will, if it keeps on this pace, and it probably will, will uh, far surpass what happened back in July. And it's, it's unacceptable. It, you know, if anybody wants to tell me to my face that Toronto is a safe city, I will give them a lot of uh, reasons why maybe they should reconsider those kinds of notions, because it's not safe any longer. All right, shootings, Dave. Shootings are happening everywhere. And in your firefighter scenario, I'm sure, you know, they'll cut back on the rations for the Dalmatian, so uh, not everybody's <laughs> going to be happy there, too. Uh, Dave Perry, Global News Radio's crime and security analyst with the, the CEO of Investigative Solutions Network, Inc., as well. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 